Welcome, welcome to the Accept Then Achieve podcast, where we help high achievers follow their hearts and achieve more through self-acceptance first. I'm your host, Dr. Tony, MD, cartoonist, and nomad. I was a model Asian child, an Ivy League doctor until age 30, but in 2018, I quit to pursue my true passions for art, teaching, and traveling the world. Despite furious backlash, disappointment, and outcasting from my Asian immigrant family. Tiger parenting and other high-pressure cultures demand that we conform and achieve in order to finally feel worthy, good enough, and acceptable. But they have it backwards. Achieving through pushing and shaming ourselves wrecks our mental health and can only get us so far. We may end up feeling burnt out or empty because those goals weren't truly meaningful to us, even though we did all the right things. There's a kinder, wiser, and more effective way to live and achieve. This show will help you discover who you truly are apart from others' expectations and create an authentic and joyful life of natural excelling from your fullest expression. Who you are is more than okay and more than enough. You belong unconditionally. And you can actually achieve more if you accept first. Let's dive in. Hello again. This is the first solo episode of 2024. As you may have told or can tell, I put in some filler episodes with guests actually because I was so busy over the holidays and then hit a strange place of burnout. And I just wanted to be real. And while in the past I've created some scripts for episodes, now I kind of feel like it's good to just be real and just speak and just go off what naturally comes up. So some of these episodes will be more structured and some will just be more of me sharing. And I feel that now having spent the holidays at home with my family and now being back to a sanctuary or a place where I feel like is home back in Thailand, I just wanted to reflect and share about some of my lessons and my thoughts rather than like sharing them later because they feel very relevant and present now. So I just wanted to share that it has been a roller coaster as it's been in my entire life. This relationship with my family, the high pressure family, Asian tiger parents, and especially my mother. Um, and just for a quick um, summary, or of, I wanted to talk more in depth about the journey with my mother, especially in case anyone else could relate and maybe just find some peace and comfort in knowing that you're not alone in this. Uh, just nuts and bolts on this podcast. I never edit. It's I very much believe in being authentic and what you see is what you get. <laughs> and I've never really cared for being polished or thinking about appearances, any of that. So what you get here is all raw and vulnerable. So um, it's been quite an interesting journey, I will say the least. And I know every person has their challenges. I think for me, a lot of it was this common theme of feeling unloved, unseen, unheard, and 
not really supported in who I am, only being seen for what others wanted me to be for them. And I know that that comes from wounding um, that we've all had, and also from circumstances that nobody could have controlled. For example, when I was born, I had to be separated from my mom for three months, um, not for three months, when I was three months old. And then I didn't see her again until I was two and a half. And so I think that that, it was hard on me, but I also realized recently how hard it must have been for her too. I was her firstborn and it was a huge move. She had to leave the country to go join my dad in America and I was still in China. And then I was raised by my grandparents and they do say kids form their primary attachments already even before three months. And then especially during those very formative years. So it sounded like I attached most at that point to my grandfather, but then he couldn't come or accompany me to America. When I was two and a half, I was actually sent onto a plane with a total stranger that they knew of and trusted, of course, but that I didn't know. And apparently, I don't remember any of this consciously, but I was told that they had to lie to get me onto the plane, saying that my grandpa will be waiting there for me in America if I would just get on that runway. And I did, and I can't imagine what it did for me, just how much it affected my basic trust in people, in the world, in stability. There was just so much. And um, so I know that that started things off on a shaky foot. I know there was tons of separation anxiety from both ends. And perhaps from my parents' end, I had never met my dad until I was two and a half. They may have felt pressure from their end on catching up a bit feeling like, oh, suddenly we have a kid now. It was almost like I was adopted from two and a half. And um, so I think we all just weren't sure of how to relate to one another. And so we followed the only manual we knew of, which was the Chinese traditional culture where it's hierarchical. Kids are better seen and not heard. And you're supposed to just listen to your elders, listen to those wiser than you because they've lived longer and just follow with blind obedience, really, um, placing all your trust into someone else. And so I wasn't really allowed to develop my own voice, my own opinions, my own discernment, really, about making even smaller decisions. And I think... I don't know when it was, as I think I may have mentioned, when you're younger, you are just naturally adorable and lovable, but at some point, the expectations start to pile up and you're supposed to be more and more a certain way. And so that's when I learned to people please, to perform, to prove, to placate, all these things, um, and really becoming very hyper vigilant about the feelings of others, the atmosphere, um, just to fit in, to try to stay alive and afloat in this chaotic sort of environment. And this relationship with my mother, I could tell when I pleased her, when she was happy with or proud of me with something that I accomplished. 
or something that I did. And so that was, that's a positive reinforcement. That's like crack <laughs> almost with um, just continuing to do those sort of behaviors. But I didn't realize it was almost like a parental role reversal where I was managing and caretaking of her emotions and her emotional state, which was quite volatile. I remember growing up from in the bits and pieces. And I will say that it is hard to remember a lot of my childhood, I think because of the inconsistencies and um, everything else, the chaos that happened. And I remember a big turning point was when I was a 16 uh, teenager and I wanted a bit more freedom and I, I at least wanted to be able to interact with my friends, which even those were controlled, that they didn't allow sleepovers. And also my mom had strong opinions about who I should or should not hang out with and um, tried to control that. But I guess I rebelled in my own way and just kept seeing the friends uh, who I knew were great people. And just it was so frustrating that she couldn't see that. And in any case, um, I bicycled. I had my own transport um, back in the day, but I always made sure to keep to curfews, come back in time. There was one time where I came back after sundown, so it was already dark outside. And I knew in hindsight, my mom did this because she was really frightened and fearful for my safety. But it was really hurtful that she locked me out of the house and said, if you like it out there with your friends so much out there, just stay out there. And I remember feeling just that sharp pain, that the pain of abandonment and that fear of would she actually sever the relationship? Would she actually kick me out? And, oh, gosh, I don't feel like I know anyone well enough or I'm not close with anyone enough that they would actually take me in even just for the night. Like I was so panicky. I didn't know where else I would go. And so shocked. And, and just uh, my dad did wrestle the door away from her um, and let me back in. But ever since then, I know that that made a significant impact on me. And so just feeling uncertain that at any point I could be kicked out from the family and I, that, I carried that with me, that fear and that anxiety all throughout. And that's why I listened with going directly into medical school, not taking time to explore anything else. Um, and it just became increasingly harder. So that was a big turning point. Um, another one was when I realized that medicine really didn't feel like the right fit for me when I was 25. That was 10 years ago now. And starting to figure out what else I wanted from my life or what, uh, what I could do and feeling like I was trapped. Like there was no way I could make a different decision this late, late in the game or in my life. And how could I disappoint, especially my mother and my parents who had sacrificed so much to support me in doing this path in particular. So it's been, it's been such a long journey. Um, that's when things started 
happening, like just conflicts almost every time that we saw each other when we did talk about my life and the decisions that I was making in them. Um, it's, and I have always just hoped that it would get better over time. But as I've found, unfortunately, this loop has kept on repeating. And I know that there has been at least more softening and understanding and compassion from my end, but I'm not entirely sure what has changed from her end. Um, I would hope that there's some more acceptance of who I am, but honestly, I still don't feel seen at all. Um, this, I finally set a boundary and just saying that I won't tolerate being treated with disrespect in this way, being name called many things such as loser, failure, trash, and every good piece of news that I have sharing being turned into something terrible, either totally dismissed or being hyper-focused on uh, something, just finding any way to twist it so that it could attack me. Uh, for example, when I shared that I got a speaking gig at Brown um, from an old uh, classmate who uh, is now a dean of the engineering department. And I was sharing just how proud I was about that opportunity. And it was a paid gig too. And um, I was so excited to talk to them about mental health. And there was no acknowledgement from my mother about that. She just immediately said, oh, your friend's a dean already? You're the same age. She's so much more successful than you. What the hell are you doing with your life? Um, and I just an example like that, just it always feels like killjoys, if that's the term, or just taking anything and almost ruining it. So now I'm quite careful with what I choose to share um, with her, unfortunately. So I had set a boundary just saying that I will not tolerate that. I will remove myself if that's the case. That was two years ago when I left for Asia. Um, however, recently she developed a new health issue, um, a heart issue. It was quite a serious health scare. And so I thought I was really worried that the last conversation we would have had was the one from two years ago or that I wouldn't have seen her. And so I flew back. I bought an emergency ticket back from Asia to see her, make sure uh, she was stable or to help out in any way that I could have, um, whether it was driving to appointments or doing more chores around the house. And I was there for about two and a half months and stayed through the holidays due to the timing. And now I've come back out. Um, and there were attempts every time I feel like I see them, I try to do something to bring us closer or repair our relationship or um, anything that I can think of. Um, this time I wrote them a letter of gratitude because I really do understand how difficult it is to raise a child, a parent, a child, and nobody's perfect. And I know, I recognize in myself that I was passed down this set of beliefs um, or 
being always harping on them, always harping on the negatives have led me to develop a negative filter bias, which humans just tend to have. Um, we can have nine amazing comments and then one out of the 10 can totally rattle us and throw us off. So psychologists have actually found that the ideal ratio of positive to negative experiences is at least five to one or to balance it out because that's how much more negative experiences can weigh on us. And ideally it's 20 to one, but um, five to one at the minimum. And so I was recognizing that I don't want to be carrying this story about how I was unloved, uncared for, or abused in childhood. I know that that's been holding me back and I want to take 100% responsibility and accountability for my life. And so I wanted to focus more on the positives and everything that they did do and the sacrifices that they made for me. And I expressed that and I'm really glad that I did. And I had no strings attached or hopes um, for any particular sort of response from that. Um, I just wanted to let them know. And I'm not sure, I think it did bring us a little bit closer or perhaps more peace, or perhaps we're just learning that certain conversations always seem to bring up conflict because of our conflicting values. And so we were able to have a pretty peaceful Christmas and New Year's together. We even went on a trip to a tropical island and beach together, and it went pretty well. Um, but I did notice that I had to still be careful to not talk about anything that could be triggering of a conflict. And it still was a bit, it wasn't, I would say, exhausting, but it was hard. It just made me sad when I realized how much I had to diminish myself to keep the peace. I know I could have not, I could have been more honest and forthright, but I didn't want that to ruin the trip or ruin the time the limited time that we did have together. So I'm just reflecting on all of that, um, on where we are now, because I had told them, and I agree that I would want to still use my MD in some way, some capacity, even if it's just doing medical writing, medical review, non-clinical work in some sense, to really honor what they've had done for me. And also I saw that as perhaps a middle ground because I know that the things they want for me aren't bad. They want more stability and security for me, which they feel that I can only get by leaning into what the MD provides, especially since I haven't been able to prove to them that with my art and coaching and teaching and creative pursuits, that it has been able to provide um, enough security, at least for living in the US. I could live here in Thailand, um, but that again is a cultural difference of them not seeing that as really enough to live on or enough security. And 
I'll admit that going back was really hard because uh, it was the first real major health issue that they had. And they're not that old. They're only in their 60s. And I know that more things are just going to crop up later. And thankfully, I'm not an only child. I have my sister, but I also, it doesn't feel right to just put the burden of taking care of them on her. And, and again, I know this is cultural, that it's expected for children to take care of their parents as they age versus the parents finding a nursing home or alternative care of some kind as in a more Western model. And so just thinking about all of that and thinking about how how realistic is it for me to actually live in Asia where it would be hard to find a 16-hour flight last minute to to help out or what I could do. I did see some benefits of living closer and it just kind of brought me into the space of questioning everything because I will admit solo traveling has been hard on me. I'm someone who is very motivated by other people. And I wouldn't say I'm still an introvert, but some extroverted tendencies of liking to be around people who I'm really close with. And so not having that companionship while solo traveling or having to start all over again, getting to know people in each new place has been hard on me. And I had gotten a bit tired. And so I was thinking, is it really so bad to go back or at least for a period of time? I basically just found myself in a place of questioning what I thought I wanted because I guess just feeling like I haven't been able to truly make my dreams come true or some of the most important goals to me come true, which is to be able to make a comfortable, sustainable living from being an artist and coach and entrepreneur and with finding a partner and maybe having children of my own while being able to still live this nomadic lifestyle. I know very lofty ideals and goals, um, but I still am of the belief that we can really anything is possible for us and just with enough hard work and enough intention as long as we never give up that we can reach the and do the things that are meaningful to us and live the life that we truly want to live so i definitely felt into a darker space back in the states it could have also been the weather i am definitely affected by lack of sunlight and how short the days were, how dark and cold it was as well. So uh, probably a number of things. But, and I am feeling more like myself now, now that I'm back in sunny Thailand in Asia. But yeah, it, it's just been this whole journey really in reflecting on this relationship with my mother and with my parents and with my family it's been really hard because there hasn't been a single person in even in my extended family who could understand my point of view and my values. I'm definitely very different. And I was thinking sometimes, is this still worth it? 
being so against the grain, I've gotten a little tired of being a black sheep, even if I have wonderful friends who understand me and we share similar values. Um, it is still so painful being at odds with people whom you really love and care about. And yeah, all that to say is that it's been an interesting and difficult few months and even a few years. And I'm just trying to be gentle with myself and give myself grace that it's okay if things change and if values change. And where we're at now, the relationship is far from resolved, but, and perhaps I need to give it up because I've changed. I, I've changed as much as I could. You can never control anyone else or expect them to change. And I think if people are not willing to um, do some work or try to get some professional support, that there's only so much that we can get to on our own. And I'm glad that we have been able to peacefully coexist and enjoy the time that we do have together. And perhaps, yeah, that is, that is enough. So I just wanted to share all that. And also with how I am coping in terms of what they say is you don't try to change someone else, but you change what you need from them or what you need from that person. That really resonates for me because I've learned that if she is not able to truly see me, if there is not space for me in this relationship it's been long enough i don't have to keep trying to get those things anymore i am truly seen and safe and held in many of my other relationships we can't expect one person to meet all of our needs right i can appreciate my mother for the more practical ways she's shown her love to me and and also to see her critical and fearful comments as a sign that she cares about me in her own way, that she just wants me to be safe and secure in you know, a high paying job or in a marriage or partnership. These are all ways to get more security, at least from her values and her perspective. And so I can just appreciate people and not need to demand anything from them. You can just love people and accept people as they are. And to tamper or change your own expectations, I would say. Um, a metaphor that is used, that I've heard is, you need to know what kind of store you're going to. You wouldn't expect to be able to buy anything edible, such as milk or bread from a hardware store, they just don't have it. And despite how hard you try or how many times you go back looking for it, they're just not going to have it. And that's okay. <laughs> and that is okay. They have plenty of other wonderful things there. So overall, my whole journey, that is what I've learned. And it has been hard because, and I've 
read so many books and talked with people, being this sort of emotional orphan where you grew up with a more emotionally absent mother or emotionally repressed mother or from her own experiences. It's really hard because there's so many important roles that a mother is supposed to do for us, being our mirror, our protector, uh, really teaching us how to be that secure, unconditionally loving base for ourselves. If we don't have that, it's definitely an uphill battle and a struggle to develop that in ourselves. It can just take us longer than average to do that. For some people, it may take them their whole lives and that's okay. So it's um, really been my whole life's journey and really meaningful to me. So I am putting all of that into a book. So if you're interested in being a beta reader or pre-ordering, reach out to me. It will be titled, Why You No Doctor Anymore? Honoring Your Family and Yourself Too. And I don't know when I'm going to publish it, but I think definitely before the Lunar New Year next month. So let me know. And if this resonated for you, if you've had struggles as well with your family, I just wanted to let you know you're not alone. And you can feel free to reach out to me anytime if you just want a listening ear or some support, especially if we've never met before. All right. This is a very unfiltered episode. I just wanted to share a very relevant update. And oh, I will also add that it is this lifelong process really of learning to love ourselves, individuating, really coming out from the voices that we were taught and how we spoke to ourselves and how we see ourselves and slowly getting to a place that is more unconditionally loving, more accepting, more nurturing, and to be the parents that we deserved, but that we weren't fortunate enough to have for one reason or another. And so going forward, I'll probably alternate solo and guest episodes. Again, reach out to me if you would like to share your experiences or be a guest, or if you have any further questions or feedback, just send me a message anytime. Take care. See you next week. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a review, share with someone you love, or subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you'd like to connect more about any of these topics, feel free to schedule a chat with me at drtooney.com, D-R-T-O-O-N-I.com, or join my Exceptions Self-Acceptance community. Links are all in the show notes. See you next week.